This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 55 And now the Jack Riccardi Show. Hey, Jack. Hey, good afternoon, Dennis. Good afternoon. Welcome to our dreadful little show. And join the show at 210 599 55. Uh, it's 130 days before either Greg Abbott or Beto O'Rourke will be the governor of Texas. And uh, they are now staking out their territory over the deaths of 53 uh, illegal immigrants in the back of a tractor trailer on Quintana Road. The governor went to Eagle Pass. He's talking about what's happening along the border and revealing what's been learned about this death truck. Um, and I want to I play a couple of uh, examples of what the governor was saying today to see what you think. Uh, let's start with, uh, this is the governor today uh, after visiting Eagle Pass, cut number three. It was not inspected because the Border Patrol does not have the resources to be able to inspect all of the trucks. Okay, I'm not sure. I may be confused about which cuts are which. Uh, try cut number two. The, the truck passed through a border point checkpoint. It was not inspected. Okay. So he is saying that the truck did go through a checkpoint. It wasn't inspected. There needs to be more inspection. The state is now going to do that. He has previously said, quote, these deaths are on Biden. They're a result of his deadly open border policies. They show the deadly consequences of his refusal to enforce the border. Beto O'Rourke says we need to dismantle human smuggling rings and replace them with expanded avenues for legal migration that reflect our values and meet our country's needs. So Abbott is saying these people are dead because we have reckless lack of enforcement. And Beto O'Rourke is saying these people are dead because we don't have enough easy, legal ways for people to come into this country. What do you think about that? In other words, they're both pointing the finger, but they're pointing the finger at very different things. You even have people saying that this is really the fault of the Trump administration's immigration policies. The LULAC reaction the day after this happened was to say that this is a, uh, a long line of tragedies brought on by unscrupulous smugglers whose opportunity to do that was created by the harsh crackdown on the border of the previous administration. They they broke our immigration system. You know what's interesting is when people talk about the system being broken, that can mean very different things. Some people think it's broken in that it doesn't let enough people in. Lulac, Beto. And some people think it's broken in that it doesn't know who's coming in. Governor Abbott. Which of these candidates sounds like he's making sense to you? Are either of them making sense to you? Is the finger pointing enough? Are you hearing what you need to hear to make a decision 
for governor. These are your main choices. I know there'll be other names on the ballot, but we know it's going to be one of these two. How are you hearing what you need to hear? What do you like or dislike about Abbott, about O'Rourke? 210-599-5555. Now, the, the uh, driver of the tractor-trailer was reportedly high when he was arrested and has a lengthy rap sheet. None of this is a surprise to people that know this stuff. The trucking company uh, that had the markings uh, on the truck says that's not our truck. Uh, the company says it's called Betancourt Trucking, and they say somebody cloned their truck. In other words, painted logos and DOT numbers and everything on the truck as if it was theirs, copied theirs, and was operating. And, and they say, look, we can prove it isn't ours because the, the very same truck they cloned is sitting in our in our yard. And I was reading about this today, and this is a big thing. Uh, there are a lot of cloned trucks. They come through, everything looks right, but they're not who they claim to be. Are you hearing what you need to hear from Abbott and O'Rourke? And maybe not. I mean, maybe you're tired of people pointing the finger at someone else. Maybe you're waiting to hear somebody say, well, here's something we'll do. Here's something we can do right now. What do you think? 210 599 5555. So, do you remember Bette Midler, the singer and actress, Bette Midler? She's kind of been in the twilight in recent years. Bette Midler has a hot take on the Supreme Court ruling on Roe v. Wade. She says on Twitter that now it's time to ban Viagra. <laughs> I mean, okay. Um, in the full interest of disclosure, I'm not a, I'm not a user. I have no, I have no dog in this race. Bet says, it's time to ban Viagra because if pregnancy is, and she puts this in quotes, if pregnancy is God's will, then so is your limp, you know. She also uh, tweeted a warning to the LGBTQ community, get ready, gays, you're next. Gays? <laughs> this sounds a little bit like Whoopi Goldberg warning Clarence that he was next. When did the left stop being the champions of African Americans and LGBTQ people? Why now all of a sudden are they yelling at them, scolding them? They're unhappy with you gay people, you gays. You're <laughs> they're very unhappy with you. And uh, Clarence Thomas. Do you know who Kendrick Lamar is, the hip hop star? Multiple Grammy winning chart topping Kendrick Lamar wanted to indicate his disapproval with the Supreme Court ruling, so during a recent concert appearance, he wore a crown of thorns. And just in case you didn't get the symbolism of that, he announced to the audience, they judge you, they judged Christ, Godspeed for women's rights. I'm, I'm really trying to understand how you weave Jesus Christ into an argument for abortion. I'm not even going to touch the fact that Kendrick Lamar thinks he's Jesus. The uh, institutions are full of people who think they're Jesus. 
Here's a story about uh, some Amazon warehouse workers who, um, when they heard of the Supreme Court decision, I don't know, do you remember where you were when you got the news about the Dobbs decision? I was getting yelled at on a treadmill. I remember that. They were at work, and they, they now need a work stoppage. They need some time off because this ruling has shaken them. Now, I bring all these things up, Bette Midler, Kendrick Lamar, the Amazon warehouse workers, because I wonder if they represent very many people. While most people are out there doing their thing, making their living, figuring out how to pay for stuff, they see this, and and, and no doubt they have an awareness of the issue and a position on it, but... Does this relate to the real world? Are, are people like Bette Midler and these Amazon workers, are they, are they in the real world? Here's the Biden administration, headed up by devout Catholic Joe Biden, um, on the White House website, promoting abortionfinder.org. Abortionfinder.org. And here's a press release from the Department of Health and Human Services, Know Your Rights, Reproductive Health Care. And what they're doing with AbortionFinder.com is they're steering people toward abortion providers and places where abortion is available. And on the White House website, they highlighted information for children 15 and younger on how they can bypass parental notification laws. Think about that for a minute. They're urging 15 and under to find ways to seek or, or get an abortion without parental consent. That is a position that used to be exclusively the province of people in the abortion industry. We've talked about this before. But at least when it's people in the abortion industry, as depraved and sick as it is, you could say, well, it's their business, right? It's they're, they're promoting their product. I mean, forgive me for putting it that way, but that's what they're doing, right? And you expect people who make a product to promote the product. If you make donuts, you promote donuts. Why are people in public office using public resources promoting this business are they advocating for the right to an abortion are they saying they still believe there is a right or are they in the business because we're really now just a small step away from nationalizing the abortion industry and what does that mean nationalizing it another another word for it would be socializing it the government would take it over say, well, Jack, why would the government do that? Well, the government's already, you have Senator Elizabeth Warren saying, let's put abortion provision tents in national parks. I mean, besides the the almost um, comic notion of of, of clinics in tents at national parks, I mean, just, just, I want to do something Mel Brooksian with that, but I'm not going to right now. It sounds like they are not content to argue or debate the point. It sounds like they want to be in the business. It sounds like the president 
this White House, this HHS, Senator Warren, want to be and see themselves as in the business. I was thinking today, this would be like if you were a pro-Second Amendment public official or politician. Let's say you were a Republican, you were a governor, you were a president, you were in Congress, you were very pro-Second Amendment. You didn't just defend the right to bear arms. You didn't just say, we'll fight for the right, we'll, we'll pass laws. You, this is you handing out guns or saying, I'm going to sell guns. I mean, people would be up in arms. they say say, you can't do that. But that's what they're doing. They're nationalizing the abortion business. And they've moved on it very quickly. Like maybe this has always been the plan. It's interesting. Celebrating 100 years of service. 55 KTSA News Time Sports 23. Jack Riccardi on San Antonio's News Talk Station 550 and 1071 KTSA. Bet Midler says we should ban Viagra. Can't have abortion. You can't have Viagra. It's really, it's really interesting how fast the uh, man hating has come back on this. Right? It's oh man. Hey, you know you're going to need us no matter which way this thing goes. Right? So I'm just, just saying. Uh, but anyway, that's what she's saying, ban Viagra. Um, we are 130 days out from the governor's election. Governor Abbott today saying those migrants died in the back of that truck because we don't have enough truck uh, checks and, and border enforcement. Uh, and Beto O'Rourke says those people are dead because we've not we've enforced too much and we've not made it easy for them to get into the country and safe for them to come into the country. So are you hearing what you need to hear from one of those men or neither of them or what? 210-599-5555. Who has your vote right now for governor? And then, you know, it it sounds to me like the new um, emphasis from Democratic politicians is not to attack the Supreme Court. I don't think they're done with that. But the new emphasis is they're attacking crisis pregnancy centers, and they're attacking them uh, viciously. Uh, They're calling them out. Uh, They're saying that they're scams and they're rip-offs and they mislead women. And if you don't know, crisis pregnancy centers uh, cropped up and became a big thing after the Roe decision. They were an attempt to give women another uh, pathway rather than go to Planned Parenthood. They could go to a place that might help them carry their child to term, keep their child, uh, adopt out their child, uh, learn what they needed to know to be a mother if they hadn't been planning on it or prepared for it. They do uh, medical treatment. They do bottles and formula. They do counseling. But they're also, I guess, in the mind of people like Liz Warren, they're the competition. And Liz Warren sounds like she's in the abortion business. and She doesn't want these competitors to, uh, you know, take away any of her customers. It's a very weird turn this whole thing has taken. 210-599-5555. Lee is on KTSA. Lee, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jack. Uh, You just mentioned uh, Elizabeth Warren. uh, She wants to put tents in national parks. Are you sure Pocahontas didn't mean teepees? Yeah, I thought of that, yeah. It's so easy, you know. It's too easy. 
I guess we lost Lee. Okay. Thank you, Lee. Uh, Robert is on KTSA. Robert, good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon, Jack. Um, I just wanted to say uh, I think all these politicians, they have too much time on their hands. They need to get a second job. Don't pay them or pay them a minimal, nominal amount uh, per diem. Just, uh, I mean, they have too much time from being, like, localized in San Antonio, changing street names, Cesar Chavez, to abortion. The Supreme Court already ruled, and that, that that's it. Um, I mean, they uh, they just have too much time on their hands. They're they're pondering all these decisions, just like well, well I don't know, they're philosophers. Or they try and they have too much time on their hands. They need to get a second job. Okay, make uh, go out and work, and then uh, for the public service, don't pay them a minimum. Well, you know, the the original the original idea of public service was that that was your second job. You were supposed to you were supposed to be somebody. In your community, oh, okay. you were supposed to be a person of substance and achievement, and then you you would accept this this role for a limited amount of time. You'd represent your district or represent your state, but you stayed who you were. If you were a if you were a merchant, if you were a farmer, if you were a lawyer, if you that, that that's what they did. It's 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 turned the other way to where yes, uh, it's Senate Incorporated. But I don't know. Elizabeth Warren sounds like she really wants to be in the abortion business. She sounds. Like she'd be a, a feisty competitor, and she wants to drive these crisis pregnancy centers out of business. Now, if, if abortion is so great, what do you have to worry about from crisis pregnancy centers? They don't do abortions. They don't provide abortions. So what are you worried about? People should have abortions, and abortion is the best thing. And I, I mean, that isn't what the Democrats used to say about it. They used to say it should be safe, uh, legal, and rare. But that was 30 years ago. But if it's so terrific, then you got nothing to worry about with crisis pregnancy centers. Crisis pregnancy centers don't have a, a, a scintilla of the money that Planned Parenthood has. They certainly don't have the political grease that Planned Parenthood has. What are they worried about? It sounds like they're worried that people would even know there was an alternative. Are, are you as struck as I am by the enthusiasm for abortion i mean it's one thing to argue whether it's a right to argue what the role of government should be but are you struck as i am by by how some politicians get so carried away in making their case that they really sound like they're promoting it they sound like they sound like they're urging it and my question is when did that become the position of of so many in the Democratic Party, they're endorsing it. And it would be like if Republicans said, we're, we're not just in favor of gun ownership. We don't just believe that the Second Amendment uh, is an individual right to bear arms. We're handing out the guns. We're, we're going to sell them. 210-599-5555. I, I almost have to think that it sounds like a business proposition or like they have... Uh, a, a, an investment in it. And by the way, they do have a kind of investment in abortion. Because if you think about it, they've spent a lot of time promising their base that if you send them money and give them your votes, they will defend it. And they're standing there now having failed to do that. 
And so this anger and this arm-waving and wild gesticulating and extremes is also a distraction. They're hoping their own base, not you and me, but their own base isn't thinking a lot about how ineffective they have been, how, how they failed. They, kept, they made a promise. They didn't keep it. They got outfoxed by the turtle, right? But in a larger sense, they just their whole the whole their whole reason for being hasn't borne out. So when you fail in politics, you don't step up and say, "Hey, I failed. I admit it." You you distract. You create distractions. You redirect people's attention. That evil Supreme Court, those evil crisis pregnancy centers, ban Viagra, crown of thorns. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Hey, we're in the final days of Operation Interdependence from KTSA and Kitchen Designs by Giovanni. You have a chance to help our uh, troops deployed all around the world feel a little closer to home, feel like we have not forgotten about them. And what Operation Interdependence does is makes up care packages of non-perishable comfort items, you know, little things that make a difference. And we ask you to donate those items to go into the care packages. We have a list of suggested items that we need and drop-off locations that we have at KTSA.com. Look for Operation Interdependence at KTSA.com, presented by Kitchen Designs by Giovanni and in part by Precision Window, Mr. Sparky, and specs. So, yeah, uh, Bette Midler says, ban Viagra. Another celebrity, I forget who, said women should go on a sex strike. What's funny about this is um, a, a lot of the kind of histrionic proposals actually have some common sense behind them. Not that the people saying them know this, but if you believe, as I do, that on-demand abortion and the era of Roe v. Wade led to abortion being seen very casually and being seen as a, a form of birth control, then, yeah, let's have the sex strike. Let's, have, let's, let's, let's rethink how we think about casual sex. I'm all for, by the way, when, when they try to drag in the whole, we ought to make men more responsible, I'm all for that. You're, you're singing out of my songbook. That's a hallmark of the conservative position on this issue, always has been. Personal responsibility. It, it, it was feminism that sold women on the idea that you don't need a man. It was feminism that sold women on the idea that Pregnancy and decisions about it were solely and entirely the province of women. Remember remember when they would yell at you that you couldn't have an opinion on it because you didn't have ovaries? But that was always a lie. I mean, there are men who impregnate women and move on and, and don't care. I get that. But our position should be that that's wrong, not A-OK. -okay. Modern times. So feminism has taught a version of sex that, that requires abortion. And if it's not as available 
and people are trying to figure out, well, how do I live in a world where it's not available? What if, what if I live in a state where I cannot get one? That should necessarily lead to rethinking some of the worst myths we've been teaching and telling about sex. Men don't matter. Casual hookups. I mean, that's, that's, that's not a bug, that's a feature. There was somebody saying, um, uh, I forget where I read it the other day, somebody was saying celibacy is making a comeback, but they were saying it with lament, like, oh, God, like, like churning your own butter. Celibacy is not a terrible thing. At certain points in your life, it's, it's the smartest thing you could choose to do. It's the smartest course of action. So, I mean, I, I wonder if, and I've said this before since the decision, I really wonder if the people that are bloviating about this really know how it sounds to the rest of us. You know, e- even if you think for a minute about all of the emphasis, not only on the Dobbs decision, but on the January 6th hearings. All of it is very out of touch and insulting to working class voters that are just trying to get by. That are worried about their families. They're worried about their children. They're not regretting having them, but they are worried about feeding them. They're worried about back to school shopping in another few weeks. How much is that going to cost? The CPS energy bill just arrived. How are we going to pay that? Rent is going up. Everyone I know who pays rent, every renter I know is in shock right now because rent is going up. And then you hear limousine liberals like Stephen Colbert. Remember when gas prices started uh, increasing? He was joking about how he doesn't care how high they go because he drives a Tesla. But... Stephen Colbert is typical of people on the left who tell you what their priorities are, and they're never yours. There's something wrong with you because you don't care about what they care about. And yet these are people that, in in public life, the, the whole point of what they do as elected representatives is they're supposed to figure out and, and reflect what you care about. But they've decided that the working class, the working class voter, which was the meat and potatoes of the Democratic Party at one time, the working class voter is just wrong. They're very disappointed in you. You don't care enough about Dobbs. You don't care enough about J6. You don't care enough. They're fed up with you. Sick and tired of hearing you bellyache about food prices and gas prices. President Biden can't do anything about that, but he can put abortion tents in national parks. Should be grateful. It's going to be a hell of a summer vacation. Jack Rick- two, two, are we okay in there? Okay, 210-599-5555. I don't know if I'm going off the air or what's going on here. Um, and, and so I guess I just wonder, you know, when does this catch up with them? Do you think it catches up with them this fall? We know that uh, numerically... I, I, I don't know the total numbers, but I see anecdotally around the country uh, there are uh, there's voter registration data in a number of states that indicate thousands of voters are switching from the Democratic to the Republican Party. Uh, the AP says they think in a 40-state survey it's more than a million voters. 
the numbers of voters switching in swing states are greater than the number of voters that gave the election to Joe Biden in 2020. Not to say that, you know, that would turn out differently, but I'm just saying that the the margin he had is dwarfed by the amount of party switching that's going on. And it's happening in not only swing states, but even in major metropolitan areas that are not Republican strongholds. There's this move to the Republican Party in places like Denver and Pittsburgh and Atlanta. What's happening there? The Republicans aren't really proposing anything new or innovative. They haven't come up with some brilliant new, you know, better mousetrap idea, right, that I know of. They're just not the Democrats. They're not the people telling them how disappointed they are. They're not the people that are trying to get you to care more about Dobbs than about your family who's alive and sitting around your kitchen table. You need to be concerned about the future babies you don't want to have. Well, I'm worried about the babies I do have. When does this catch up with them? Is it catching up with them now? 210-599-5555. Tell me what you think. And with 130 days to go before we vote for governor, who has your vote right now? Is it Abbott or O'Rourke? Abbott says of the tractor-trailer migrant deaths, that's because we don't have enough enforcement. O'Rourke says that's because we have too much enforcement. Dave Ramsey here, celebrating 100 years of service. News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. KTSA, news time is 450. Jack here for Wednesday. Yesterday I thought it was Wednesday. Today it actually is, so just a man ahead of his time. Uh, It's a good thing we had that rain yesterday because the... um, Trump grabbed the wheel story has gone up in flames, and I wouldn't want them to spread. Uh, We'll talk about that story coming up. It didn't take long. Um, But we're kind of talking about the, the, I don't know, the the scam that uh, feminism has run on women and that the Democrats are running on their base, which is that you should care most about what they care most about. And I thought the way public service worked was you figured out what people cared about and you represented that. So if we were doing it that way, we'd have hearings right now about gas prices. We'd have hearings right now about the supply chain. We'd be bringing together leaders of various industries, smart people that run the best companies in the world to figure out how to put more food on the shelves and then get it affordably to people's tables. We are the country that used to feed the world And now we're having to ask the world to send in some baby formula. It's pathetic. But you shouldn't care about that, say the people in power. And they're very disappointed that you do. How dare you be hungry or worried about money at night, staying awake at night. You should be be worrying about the Dobbs decision. So let me throw this out there. Every pro-abortion caller and emailer that I get eventually comes around to the, and forgive me, this is a a crude way to say it, they come around to the coat hanger argument, right? Well, the the, the Supreme Court decision is wrong, and Roe was right, because now we're going to have women with coat hangers in back alleys. So the, the obvious result of states making their own abortion laws and some states making more restrictive ones than others 
is coat hangers. It's a pretty dim view of women. It makes it sound like they don't have any agency, they're not able to recalibrate, rethink. It's odd that feminists would sound so down on women. Well, they're just going to get pregnant and have to get a coat hanger. What if it instead led to people reconsidering the ways you get pregnant? Now, again, I, I don't believe that abortion should be birth control, but if it has been and it's less available, what do people do when something is less available? They kvetch about it, and they they maybe see if they can, and you know they look for a workaround, right? Remember during the pandemic when you couldn't get things at the stores, you see, try to see if you can get them online. But the other thing you do is you adapt. You say, "Well, I'm going to I'm going to change my behavior." What they call a sex strike, people used to call abstinence. If if this leads to a rethinking of the hookup culture, isn't that overdue anyway? Isn't that also empowering? Wouldn't it be a good thing if men and women had to think through the consequences? I mean, what, what exactly is the downside of having to be more careful about it or thoughtful about it? or planning. And you know, the, the popular culture has always mocked and ridiculed people that use the rhythm method or people that proclaim their, you know, wear their abstinence ring or go to an abstinence uh, youth camp or what have you. They, they've always thought that was hilarious. You know, these religious nuts but unbeknownst to them all the while, these are people that have shown it can be done. I mean, it's kind of ironic, isn't it? If in the aftermath of the Dobbs decision, and, a lot, and look, a lot of things are going to happen, and you're, you're not going to like all of them. You're not going to be good with all of them. But it would be ironic if one of the things that happened was... The, the lie of, of the hookup culture was, was exposed. Because it's pretty clear that when they try to scare um, young women about lack of access to abortion, they're implying that sooner or later you're going to have to have one. You're going to want to have one. That's quite a statement. That's quite a commentary. That says a lot about sex without saying it, right? 210-599-5555. And that's why I ask, is this why people are re-registering as Republicans? Again, not, not because of anything positive the Republicans have done, but because they're turned off, even insulted, by the, the, prior, the stated priorities of the Democrats. These are the things that matter most. You should care about them. There's something wrong with you if you don't. 210-599-5555. Um, I saw a woman on one of the 
networks, uh, she was a Democratic commentator, and she was complaining that no sooner had the Dobbs decision come down than she got an email from um, the Democratic Party asking for a donation. They wanted her to send some money for the fight. And she said, I, I thought that I had been supporting the fight all along by being a good Democrat. What did you do with all the other... I'm paraphrasing. This is not exactly what she said. But her point was, I've been donating. I've been supporting. I've been voting for your candidates. It's probably a good thing if people... If something makes people question the way they've always voted, and by the way, I would say that about both parties. You know how I feel about both parties. Probably a good thing if a lot of people are going to pull out their party affiliation card and take a good hard look at it and ask, should I still be doing this? What am I getting from this? 210-599-5555. Rich is on KTSA. Rich, good evening to you. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Let me ask you a quick question. Sure. Uh, they haven't illegalized abortion. They're just letting the states have right. a correct uh, decision right. on it, right? Right. So then all these women are complaining about it might have to go to a state that supports abortion, right? Right. So it's just a matter of money. They're going to get their abortion anyway, whoever likes it or not. And they're just complaining that they might have to go to another state. So just tell them to shut up. Okay, Rich, I'll, when I see them, I'll tell them to shut up. Thank you. 55 and hello, Jack. Hello again, Dennis. And um, join our show at 210-599-5555. Yeah, I, I caught a little bit of Forrest Gump on Netflix uh, the other night. I'm not a big fan, but I had, I had alluded to it, and I wanted to kind of refresh my memory. And there was actually even more than I remembered of, remember how, if if you've seen the movie, do do you remember how they um, CGI'd him into all those historic places and moments? He was there for this and there for that, and here he is meeting LBJ and Nixon, and, you know, um, that's what this Cassidy Hutchison puts me in mind of. She was an aide and a junior aide, to Mark Meadows, the White House Chief of Staff, but she was everywhere. She was ubiquitous. She had that ability to be in more than one place at a time. She had access to things that you wouldn't think a, a junior aide would have access to. She was certainly trusted, but she knew all. Unfortunately, she told stories that she'd seen she claimed, but then she also told stories that she'd heard about. But that distinction was lost on the J6 committee, and it was lost on the media covering it. Even I know, and I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, I watch, I watch the police shows, you know. <laughs> Even I know, if you present hearsay testimony in a courtroom, any lawyer worth his or her salt is going to jump up from the table. So she says that White House aides told her that President Trump in the uh, limousine, I think it was the SUV, not the beast, but in any event, um, fought with Secret Service agents and grabbed at the steering wheel when they wouldn't take him to the Capitol on January 6th. He thought he was going there after his 
speech at the Ellipse rally, but they told him he couldn't, that it wasn't secure, and he got angry. And he told them, I'm the effing president. And when they told him he couldn't go, she says she was told, she didn't actually see this, she was too busy being in a couple of other places at that moment, she says she was told that he lunged at the steering wheel and wrestled with the agents, trying to grab one of them by the neck. You've seen Donald Trump, right? Does that sound even remotely physically possible? I mean, the, the temper tantrum part, totally, I could totally see that. But he's not, not the kind of guy that's going over the, fr- the back of the front seat. You know what I mean? I don't know what her game is, but this is one of those classic stories that are too good to check, you know? And so today they're spinning it now that it's been, now that it's, it's been torched and the Secret Service agents in question are, are, are eager to testify under oath that it did not happen. And even NBC and, and, uh, and ABC are reporting that the story is unsubstantiated. It's being denied by the Secret Service. But now they've decided to say, well, it may not literally have happened, but Cassidy Hutchison's story is an anecdote indicative of Trump's mood. Are you following this? We've gone from fact-finding to tale-telling. It's, it's drag queen story hour. You know, we're just telling a story. And when, you know how it is when, when, when they read you a story, it's not that it literally happened, but there's a lesson in it, right? I mean, the cat in the hat didn't actually happen, but there's a lesson in it. The steering wheel lunge didn't actually happen, but there's a lesson in it. Wouldn't you, um, if you had this woman come to your, you know, come come to your committee or come to your staffers and say, "I want to tell these stories," and you're, you know, you're, you're the J six committee, you've commandeered the nation's airwaves. How hard would it be, and wouldn't you even kind of want to, no matter how deranged you are in in hating Trump, wouldn't you want to make sure that you had your ducks in a row? It's kind of it's kind of fascinating that they rolled the dice on this. Instead of calling the Secret Service agents first. In fact, why not just get the story from them? They moved right forward with this young woman and again a mix of things she said she saw and things she was told about. Well, you can testify to things you saw and you took an oath. But when you testify the things you heard about or were told, that's hearsay. You know, I I have no doubt that Trump was not in good fettle on that day. He was operating on a a series of, of wrong facts and assumptions. He had apparently turned on his own vice president who had been nothing but loyal to him and to this country. Um, I'm not happy about any of that. I'm not. And that speaks for itself. That's baked into the cake that is Donald Trump. If people want to renominate him in 2024, they're going to know all that anyway. But these people who are after him are acting like psychopaths. Nothing matters but destroying him. They they can't see anything else. 
And they are coming across as themselves, as terrible people. And, you know, we've recently heard a lot of pious lectures about the uh, loss of the credibility of the Supreme Court. What about the loss of credibility of Congress? You've, you've taken something that has rarely happened in history, a select joint committee investigating treason, investigating a coup attempt against the United States, and you've turned it into a farce. You've got a 25-year-old junior aide who's Forrest Gump. You've got this improbable story about Trump levering himself over the back seat, over the back of the front seat like he's a gymnast. It's not just laughable and absurd and obviously desperate. It's also damaging, right? Let me let me use some of their language. This damages an institution. It damages the institution of congressional oversight of future congressional committees. Someday, somebody in Congress will want to investigate something legitimate. And that gesture and that power will be less because of the way these clowns have handled this entire committee. And they rushed her to the microphones yesterday. It wasn't even a scheduled uh, you know, hearing because it was amazing and surprise and bombshell. and We've got him now. And her anecdote has exploded. Not everybody disbelieves her, by the way. I want to be fair about this. M- Mick Mulvaney, who was a former White House chief of staff for Trump and the director of Trump's budget office, says he knows her and believes her. Some people believe her. But if she made up the Secret Service story, or if they allowed her to tell a story they did not know was true and never took the time to talk to the people who could tell them what really happened, then what does it matter, right? And again, I think this is one of those things. The cake is already baked. The people to whom this will matter are already people that aren't going to vote for him. And the people that are, are like chomping at the bit to vote for him and really hope he runs again, I mean, they're laughing at this stuff. And they're also asking, what about the stuff that matters to us? Where's the hearing for that? 210-599-5555. We've been talking about the two candidates for governor and the different ways they've reacted to the uh, tractor-trailer uh, illegal immigrant tragedy. Uh, We're going to talk to Tom Homan, who was President Trump's acting ICE director here next, and get his thoughts on it. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Five twenty-two on five fifty and one zero seven one KTSA. Jack here. We'll be kicking off the weekend with a dish on Friday in our six o'clock hour. We'll talk restaurants heading into Fourth of July weekend. Six o'clock Friday, the dish. Um, talking today about the uh, governor's race. Who has your vote right now, Abbott or O'Rourke? They're taking very different positions on fifty-three dead illegal immigrants in the back of a tractor trailer on Quintana Road. To sum it up, you have the governor today holding a news conference announcing new uh, amped up uh, 
truck stop checks. He says we don't have enough enforcement. The the Biden administration is not enforcing the border enough. But when he reacted to the migrant deaths, Beto O'Rourke, the Democratic candidate, said it's because we have too much enforcement. He said we've made it too hard for people to come into the country. And that's what's getting them killed. That's why they're taking chances with coyotes and suffocating in trucks. We need to find ways to make them to, to allow them to come in safely or easily. So which of those sounds right to you? Which of those appeals to you, makes sense to you? 210-599-5555. I thought it was incredible to hear the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, when she was asked, the first time she was asked about this, the day after it, uh, it happened, she, um, you know, she said the stuff about how it's a terrible tragedy and uh, we, we feel terrible about it. She said, but the fact of the matter is the border is closed. The fact of the matter is the border is closed. And she said that's why people are taking advantage of these smuggling networks. The border is closed? I wonder in what sense of the word. You know how when you look up a word it has different definitions? Which definition of closed are we using here? And by the way, if that was true, wouldn't the Biden administration be the meanest presidential administration we've ever had? Because haven't they always, haven't the Democrats always suggested that closing the border is cruel and punitive and it's the wrong thing to do? So why are they announcing they've done it? It's not only not true, but according to them, it's terrible policy. I mean, these people are just throwing stuff out right now. You know, it's not even, there's no, there's no sense of like, well, is this consistent with what we said yesterday or last week? Or no, they don't even care about that. Trying to get through, they're just trying to get through each day, you know? And I, look, nothing against Corinne Jean-Pierre. She seems like a lovely person. Um, it doesn't look to me like she's going to be able to do what at least Jen Psaki pulled off. I, I have to say my, my, Respect for Jen Psaki's gone up a little bit because apparently it's really hard to just be coherent about what this administration does, and she's she's not able to do it. So obviously there's a crisis on the border, and obviously the border's not op- not closed. Is the problem that it's not open enough? So do the people saying this really believe that if there was less border enforcement and more open border, that we would all be better off. Do they really believe that? Or is that what they have to say in a moment like this? Obviously, if this had happened under Trump, the message would be different, right? Abbott wouldn't be blaming the feds. Beto would be. I mean, you get the game here, right? But what do you think? Are you hearing from either of these candidates what you need to hear, what you want to hear? 210-599-5555 or jack at ktsa.com. What does it mean the border is closed? The border is closed. Now, we've also been talking today about the 
disappointment that our elected officials have in us. We don't care about the right things. We are absolutely galvanized by inflation and gas prices. Many of us are also still very concerned about the revelations about schools and the teaching of CRT and the grooming of children sexually. We're insufficiently, according to our betters, our overlords, we're insufficiently interested in, concerned about the Dobbs decision, the J6 hearings, They've convinced themselves that we care about the wrong stuff. They care about the right stuff. It's almost like they are too good for us. We don't deserve elected officials and representatives like these people because they, their head is in the right place and ours is not. Selfishly, we're worried about things like eating and getting around, getting to work. Who wants to represent a bunch of people like us? Not these not these Republicans and Democrats, right? No, we're, we're very disappointing to them. 210-599-5555. And so I, I guess I just kind of wonder, um, since they're very disappointed in us and we don't deserve them, we really need to give them a break, you know? Take, take this tremendous pressure off their shoulders let them go and do some work they would rather do and be appreciated doing. And we'll just have to settle for some other representation that won't be as great as they are. And when I listen to some of the Democrats like Warren and AOC reacting to the Dobbs decision, it sounds like the business they would really rather be in is the abortion business. Not only are they interested in providing abortions not merely arguing for abortion as a right, but they're even attacking crisis pregnancy centers, which are mostly nonprofit, small, not centralized, not heavily funded. But apparently now they're the competition to the beloved, esteemed Planned Parenthood and Abortion Incorporated. And they're talking about crisis pregnancy centers like they're competitors. Very weird. I guess that's the business. The business of representing us is clearly not a business they would like to be in because we're terrible. We're just disappointing. Maybe that's the business they would really rather be in. And again, the border is closed. Remember that. It just doesn't look that way. Don't believe your lying eyes. Believe the White House. 210-599-5555. James is on the radio. James, good evening to you. Hey, Jack. Good evening. Hey, I've listened to you for a long, long time. I got two comments, or I had three, but one's really not worth it. won't do no good to even to say it. Um, uh, not with you, but on the left. <laughs> but when I got a question, I, I caught, uh, I took a drive this afternoon, I caught the, the governor's press conference, and I don't know how far it was into it. My question to what, what has crossed my mind is, you know, these new initiatives, if they're new or not, I mean, where was this a year or a year and a half ago? It's really, to me, is discour- discouraging. I don't know. You may have touched on this before. I just tuned into the show just about 20 minutes ago today. Um, You're talking about I mean, his announcement that they're going to check more trucks and stop more trucks? 
Yeah, and build more wall and make some deals with the landowners and and um, counties and cities and whatnot. Where was this a year and a half ago when it really needed to be? I don't understand. I just don't no. I, I think you're that. making a good point. I mean, it, look, I I understand everybody is shocked by these deaths, but it's not like this has never happened before. It's not like we don't know it's happening to some degree Correct. every day. So. It shouldn't take a certain number of deaths or to have them all in one place to be a game changer, right? I agree. I mean, we had close to, I live in the vicinity, not real close by, but I know exactly where that Quintana Road is. And I know the area. Um, but just not far from there where they alluded to on the local news, the Walmart, they had the same scenario five years ago. And um, we saw this coming again. It's probably going to come again. In, yeah. Unless something changes, yeah. I'm I'm really dis. I want to say disheartened, but I'm really discouraged, and uh, I just hope things no, I think turn it's a good around. Point. I, I hope people wake up come November, and and I, I just don't know. Anyway, I appreciate your show very much. Thank, Thank you, you, James. I appreciate the call. Appreciate having you on. KTSA News Time 538. Jack here on 550 and 1071. KTSA, San Antonio's News Talk Station. And we're joined now in the KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker Line by the uh, Congressional District 20 Republican candidate, Kyle Sinclair. And Mr. Sinclair, welcome to KTSA. Good afternoon. Thanks, Jack. How are you doing today? Very good. Thank you. Um, gentleman who called in just a few minutes ago asked, I think, a pretty good question in the wake of this tractor-trailer tragedy um, with the governor promising more uh, inspections and border checks and stepping up this and increasing that. Why did it take this tragedy, this many people dead in one place, when in fact we know that um, people are taking their lives in their hands coming across that border every day, our, our Border Patrol is also taking their lives in their hands, enforcing it undermanned, not backed by the current administration. Why should something like this be a game changer when we've been in this situation in Texas for so long? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that, you know, my stance is I think the governor has been trying to do the job that the president of the United States should have been doing, which is securing our country, securing our southern border. And so... That's what you're seeing is Governor Abbott having to step up and protect the people of Texas and, and almost in all regards help protect this country. Um, I mean, the Biden's administration, even even uh, Mayorkas said the borders are, are not open. But yet we see, you know, in, in the month of May, we had 234,000 people that came across in the month of May and over 2 million cotton processed last year. So. I don't think it's necessarily been an instance like this. Governor Abbott has been fighting uh, the Biden administration through lawsuits with uh, the Attorney General Ken Paxton filing lawsuits against the Biden administration, and then also fighting people like Congressman Castro, who who is pushing for uh, this reckless behavior of, of uh, you know people taking their own lives in their own hands and paying the cartel to cross the border. So it's it's a it's a very tough and sensitive subject. I guess I would just, I, I hear what you're saying, um, and I agree with you, that w this is a moment when a state governor is having to do things that we normally would expect any administration of either party uh, to do. But 
Absolutely. In other words, I guess what I'm asking or what this gentleman is asking is, why didn't we just do it all, everything that was available to us starting in January of 2021? Why is Governor Abbott incrementally adding things to the enforcement when obviously this this situation is exactly what Biden and the Democrats promised and actually ran on. So why, why are we adding new enforcement today that we could have been doing the last year and a half? Well, and he's been doing that. I do know, and again, again I don't speak on behalf of Governor Abbott or his office. Um, again, I'm, I'm running my own race and campaign, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I'm, I'm in support of what Governor Abbott, uh, Lieutenant Dan Patrick, and, and Ken Paxson are trying to do again for the state of Texas. Again, when you as administration are fighting the president of the United States uh, for honestly a dereliction of duty, Kamala Harris was tasked to be the border czar who hasn't shown up to the border. They're not doing their job. And Mm -hmm. and in all regards, has actually stopped Governor Abbott from trying to protect the people of of South Texas and, again, uh, the people of the United States. So you're you're fighting an administration that, that is absolutely supporting this type of behavior pattern mm-hmm. and supporting the cartel um, implicit in, in human smuggling. So I, I don't think this is at all Governor Abbott's uh, fault. I think he has been handed a, a, a opportunity to lead and has mm-hmm. been doing that. And again, the Biden administration has failed uh, for over two years now. Um. We're talking with uh, Kyle Sinclair, who's the Republican running against uh, Joaquin Castro in District 20 on KTSa. Um, so he is, as you point out, Joaquin Castro is a is a emblem of these extreme positions the Democratic Party stakes out, not only on open borders, uh, but on CRT, um, on abortion. We keep hearing that the uh, base of the Democratic Party. Hispanic voters, African-American voters, young voters are defecting from these extreme positions. These are these are not in step with working people. Are you seeing that in the the neighborhoods, the, the streets of District 20? Absolutely, Jack. I mean, I, I spend countless hours in the campaign trail talking to constituents in District 20 and and have story after story after story. Here's the reality. People are mad. And what they expect the leaders to do when they're mad, they expect the leaders to step up and lead. And Congressman Castro has failed relentlessly to do that. He has done the complete opposite of helping. He has hindered and hurt the people of District 20 and the people of this country. Again, his extreme ideal and, and practices of open border, going after the oil and gas industry, nobody wants to pay 5 or $6 a gallon of gas, but yet you have a congressman who continues to attack the oil and gas industry. You want, you want to talk about abortion? He, he had just had a baby, but yet he's supporting aborting babies. That, that is not mainstream of this country. You can go on about securing the border. He wants an open border called for it. He fights harder for immigrants who have broken our federal laws than he does for the citizens and constituents of District 20. So all regards, I am seeing that people are saying, I will not be voting Democrat. I had a lady come up to me and she said, I've been praying for three years that somebody like you would run against Congressman Castro. I have elected officials saying they're going to vote for me, elected Democrat officials. So that, that red wave you saw with Myra Flores, it is real. It is not just a news thing. People are mad. They want change, and they want their elected officials 
to rep- truly represent them, and Congressman Castro has failed at every step to do that. All right, Kyle Sinclair, I hope you'll come back again. Uh, we'd love to visit with you again and appreciate the time uh, today. I know your website is kylefor20.com. And Kyle Sinclair, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Jack. All right. Uh, 544, 550, and 1071, KTSA, 210, 599, Yeah, I mean, I, I like the question that Jim asked. Um, if, you're, if you're Greg Abbott and you, uh, you see the election of Joe Biden, you see the, call it what you want, the, the extremism, the naivete, the pandering on the border issue, you know what's going to happen because you, you're, you're already the governor of Texas. You've already got this on your plate. Um, why are you announcing new stuff today, almost July of 2022? Why, not, why didn't you just take the whole tranche of things you were able to do? And I understand you can't do everything. And I, I, I admit there are people that want Abbott to do things he constitutionally and legally cannot do. I get that. But why wouldn't you have done everything you can and could do from the start? And isn't it, I mean, w- w- I mean, no disrespect to the people that died in that truck. It's terrible. But it shouldn't take that to make the point that we need to throw everything we have at securing the border, making it hard for smugglers to to prey on people like this and and in some cases kill them okay so these people were killed they you know you you can call it a tragedy i keep calling it a tragedy these people were killed by the disregard and callousness and and cruelty of these smugglers so why did you just throw everything you had at them in the first place do it all Say, so look, we see what's coming. We'll be glad if, if if we're wrong about Biden and he turns out to be, you know, superb on the border. We can always pull it back. But we we've, we've listened. We believe him. When people tell you who they are, you should believe them. Why not just do it all at once? So I, I have to admit. I mean, I prefer the Abbott approach to the O'Rourke approach, but I'm puzzled by the incremental aspect of it and i think i know why it is maybe you do too celebrating 100 years of service 552 on san antonio's 550 and 1071 ktsa if you haven't heard the spurs have traded jante murray to atlanta for a bunch of draft picks, and I know some people are going to be very upset by that. I, I mean, he's he's had a great year, best year he ever had, but I think that was what did it. You know, they they are rebuilding, reloading, and Atlanta is trying to win right now with Trey Young. So good luck to him. I hope it works out for him, kind of the way I think it's going to kind of work out for him the way um, sending White to the Celtics did. We'll see. <clears throat> and in the meantime. I think the uh, Spurs did great in the draft and are going to probably have some great draft picks in the coming years now with these Atlanta picks. So uh, I've always liked Jante Murray. Jante Murray and I have the same birthday, not the same year, born on the same day. Both of us were also first-round picks in the NBA. So 
210-599-5555, talking about all kinds of things today, um, including the governor's race and the very different reactions Abbott and O'Rourke have to these uh, illegal immigrant deaths in the tractor-trailer on Quintana Road. Larry, I'm sure Daniel is on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. Hi, Daniel. How you doing today, Jack? I'm good, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, open borders. Yeah, absolutely, it's open. You know, I work at the airport, and I see literally hundreds of illegal immigrants with the litter care packages every day. We're flying them wherever you want to go. I don't understand how it's happening or who's allowing it to happen. So, no, nobody's stopping it. Unfortunately, a trader like this was found. That happens every day because we allow it to. Mm-hmm. Somebody's allowing it to happen, whether it be our government, whether it be representatives, governors, whoever, they can't sit there and say they do not know that this is happening. They pass through our San Antonio airport and get flown everywhere they want to be, anywhere they want to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. So so it's kind of, it, thank you, Daniel, it's kind of phony to, and again, no disrespect intended, but it's kind of phony to use or cite the deaths of these 53 men and women as if, well, now... We really need to do something, or this changes our... It it shouldn't, okay? I mean, whatever is the right thing to do is the right thing to do every day, not just the last few days. Whatever you as governor of Texas can do outside of the parameters of the federal government or in place of their actions... You needed to be doing that. And and I, I'll, I'll say it another way. You can look at the glass as half full. Well, thank goodness he's doing this, and thank goodness he's doing that. And would you really want to have a open borders Democrat as governor? No. But at some point, the Republicans are going to be losing their reason for being. They can't function merely as the party that says, you sure don't want the Democrats in charge. That, that's not going to be enough. Do it. Govern. You know, Greg Abbott isn't just running for governor. He is the governor. What do you think? 210-599-5555. Who has your vote right now? How do you feel about the way each of them have characterized the deaths in that truck and what happened with that truck? I think Daniel's right. I mean, I... We, we don't hear about the trucks that make it through and the people get off. We're hearing about this one. If this was an, a, a, an extraordinary event, that would be one thing, but we know it's not, right? How many trucks just as full got through on the day that this one was discovered with the people inside of it? 210-599-5555. EC is on KTSA. Hi, EC. How you doing? I'm good, sir. How are you? Uh, Jack, thanks for what you do for us. Uh, I kind of disagree with you a little on uh, Abbott's deal. He's got a lot to do, but, I mean, how much can you do? I mean, you can do everything you can do, and they're still going to come across if we're not getting any help from the federal government. we got plenty right. of laws if we just enforce right. the laws we got. I mean, those people coming across in, the, in their airport, they're all illegal. Nobody's arresting them. Nobody's doing anything. I don't know if we can or not. 
Well, I guess my question, oh, E.C., is the, the new things he announced today, uh, stopping more trucks, inspecting more trucks, why weren't we doing that starting in January of 2021 when the Open Borders president took office? I mean, why add that in now when you've known you needed it all along? Well, but it, is that our... Is that our main job? I mean, these are illegal no. people. What no, the, it's not It's not our main I mean, job, but if you've got the power to do it, why did you wait until now to do it? Okay, but now you do this, and then they still come across, and the same thing happens. Mm-hmm. Then you got to do more? I mean, how much mm-hmm. do we do? How... how you, you, mean, know what it remind, you know what it reminds me of? It, it reminds me of when, you, when you're trying to buy a used car, and you start to walk away, and they go, oh, well, I can come down a couple of thousand... You want to say to the guy, well, look, why didn't you give me that price in the first place? If you can sell yeah, it for less, why are you trying to sell it for more? So my, my, my only question to the governor, with, with all respect to him, is if you can do X, Y, and Z today, you should have been doing it when Biden took office, not waiting until 53 people died. That's all I'm saying. It, I, I know he's doing a lot, but do everything you can do and do it all the time. Don't add it in. Well, how much can you do? There's always more you can do. Okay. Fair enough. EC, thank you, sir. I appreciate your listening. And hello, Jack Riccardi. Well, hello, Dennis, and good afternoon. Later in this hour, uh, we're going to see how you voted on the JR poll. Um, We're asking you today about the race between Abbott and O'Rourke, which is 130 days out, and uh, both of them reacting to the deaths of illegal immigrants in the tractor-trailer on Quintana Road. Uh, We'll be talking about that coming up this hour, but also... um, I mentioned earlier, everybody's got a hot take on the Dobbs decision. Kendrick Lamar put on a crown of thorns and compared himself to Jesus. Obviously, Jesus would be very disappointed in Dobbs. I'm just telling you what happened, you know. Uh, Bette Midler, remember her, Wind Beneath My Wings, Bette Midler? She she says if uh, pregnancy is God's will... I don't believe is in the Dobbs decision. Why then uh, let's have a ban on Viagra. And all of this, all of these hot takes on all these different, um, you know, from all these different celebrities and leaders and you have political leaders that are talking about putting abortion tents up in national parks or the government should provide abortion on federal lands. All of this, I think assumes that when that decision came down the other day, you dropped everything you were doing. You stopped everything. You haven't been the same since. You, you've, you've thought about nothing else but your next abortion or your inability to get it. I'm not saying it doesn't matter to anybody. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm questioning whether it matters as much to as many people as the Democratic Party and its celebrity endorsers seem to think. How far off the beam are these people at a time of inflation, gas prices, skyrocketing crime in our cities, economic uncertainty? Even the president speaks of this as a time of war. I assume he means the war in Ukraine. It it seems as if they've decided for us that this is what matters most. 
And we were talking the other day to Saren Foster, who founded Feminist for Life, which is a pro-life feminist group. And she was talking about how um, the the originators of feminism, the the sort of first wave of feminism, was very anti-abortion because they felt that it was disadvantageous to women. It let men have all the sexual access they wanted, and it made women go through these heinous processes when they wouldn't support or didn't want the baby. And that really has morphed into feminism being pro-abortion. Being able to get an abortion is girl power. It's, it's a sign of your sovereignty, say the feminists of today. But there's a certain lie to that. I mean, if you think about it, those ancient first wave feminists in their hoop skirts and their, you know, their cameo brooches, they kind of had a point, right? If you make abortion available and you make abortion a birth control method, you're really giving men license to do what they want to do and you're putting it on the woman to go through the painful if not dangerous process of aborting the baby and there's a lie about feminism that the the sign of a of a strong woman or the sign of independence or you've come a long way baby as the old cigarette commercial used to say is that you can control sex you can go on a sex strike, or you can have a hookup culture. You call the shots. But with this Supreme Court decision, you have young women saying, well, wait a minute now, I, I may have to rethink how I've thought about sex. And I'm, I'm wondering out loud, I'm kind of thinking this through out loud with you and your calls, 210 599 is this not necessarily a good idea? The hookup culture has been a disaster. It not only has led to unplanned, unwanted pregnancies that then get aborted, but it's led to a crisis of of self-worth. We have people depressed and lonely and empty and unfulfilled. We have enmity between the sexes being stirred up in some cases by these by these feminists. You know, there's there's a certain hostility toward men that come, comes through very clearly with some of the people in this abortion debate. You know the. The problem is men don't care. The problem is that men won't take responsibility. The problem is that men... Okay, but isn't something that causes everybody to be more thoughtful, careful, to plan, to anticipate the possibility of, of a baby? Isn't that, isn't that what... It sounds like what you would want. It sounds, like, it sounds like you would want everybody to kind of sober up about this. 210 599 5555. And somebody said, isn't a sex strike just another word for abstinence? It, it, it is. You're saying, you know what, I, I have control over this. I can turn this off. You're not getting any until I'm ready. 
I remember when we used to raise people with that thinking. That wasn't considered a sex strike. That was considered having the talk. I can control this, and you're not getting any until I'm ready, or my conditions have been met, or I am assured that you are in this for the long haul. That's what we used to say. And now that's considered like carrying a picket sign and walking up and down on the sidewalk. That's how they've distorted this whole thing. Now, I'm not, I'm not in that culture because I'm 128 years old. But when I read about the sort of casualness of one-night stands and online dating, and I think to myself, it, it's, it sounds very bleak. I mean, there's probably a lot of excitement on the front end, but then it sounds like a lot of remorseful mornings and walks of shame and regret, and I can't believe I did that, and I'm so embarrassed, and, and that's the least of it, right? Then there's the STDs, or I'm pregnant. So it just sounds like, from, from the sound of all this, like if the effect of the Dobbs ruling is that people will be more mindful, we would want that. Why is that such a terrible thing? If you can't get an abortion, then I guess you have to be more careful about getting pregnant, right? Celebrating 100 years of service. 55 KTSA. Six twenty on five fifty and one zero seven one KTSa. Jack Riccardi, late afternoon show. Um, one of the most common, I think, misunderstandings or misconceptions. I think it's a misconception about the aftermath of the Dobbs opinion is that as states pass laws or start enforcing their trigger laws about abortion, that women will be prosecuted. Um, Jennifer Rubin, who's a Wingnut that writes for the Washington Post even predicted that women would be executed uh, for getting abortions. To my knowledge, um, the laws that I've read about, either proposed or already in place, criminalize the action of a doctor. They don't criminalize the action of the woman. There is a case out of Starr County uh, this past April where a woman briefly was charged with murder and then the DA's office dropped it, and that was a case where she had tried to induce her own abortion. It is not a typical case. It has a lot of odd elements to it. But uh, law professor Bill Pyatt from St. Mary's University School of Law joining us in the KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker line. From you, you would know a lot more about this and these laws, professor, than I would. Am I right in, in saying that so far, as far as we know, these laws criminalize doctors, not not their patients. You're absolutely right. Um, the best example to take a look at is the one that we have here in Texas. It is so-called trigger law that goes into effect 30 days after the road decision, and it makes it a second-degree felony for a person who, and the statute says, knowingly performs, induces, or attempts an abortion. Clearly, that is the abortion the person who performs the abortion, that's the doctor. That's not the woman who receives the abortion. And all the commentators that I've seen 
suggest, except for the you know the few people that you've identified, suggest that women will not be subject to prosecution. And I think some of the some of the confusion, well, it's all harmful. Some of it, I think, is people just not knowing and react kind of out of concern and fear. And some of it, I think, is some deliberate misinformation to try to create some hostility against the trigger laws or something related mm-hmm. to the, the Dobbs decision. But no, women who have abortions would not be criminally prosecuted under these trigger, law, trigger laws. The only women who would be subject to a criminal prosecution would be a woman who performs an abortion. So if it's a female doctor who performs an abortion, she's not exempted just because of her gender. But the recipient of the abortion is not going to get prosecuted. So, as you mentioned, there there are several states that pass legislation in anticipation of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and those will kick in at a certain point in the coming weeks. What is the recourse for people in those states, including ours, who disagree with those laws? Like, walk us through what's what, what's available to them if they want to oppose those laws? Well, if they want to, the, the easiest thing is to avoid the law by going to a state that allows the abortion. Um, in Texas, it's a little complicated because until the trigger law takes effect, we have the heartbeat bill that does allow abortions up to six weeks or until a heartbeat is detected. In the other jurisdictions, there is some litigation going on where People will challenge the statute, the trigger law, as it, it being vague, not properly enacted, et cetera. But those are losing battles. Eventually, those trigger laws are going to go into effect and they're going to be upheld. Mm-hmm. It will probably be a function of the states that allow abortions, having people either move there or temporarily travel there so that the abortion can be performed. But it's again, I think there's a, there's a lot of misunderstanding and it's unfortunate. There was a big wave of discussion about whether or not uh, this means that all the other privacy rights are going out the window, including interracial marriage, uh, right of parents to uh, provide education for their children in a religious setting, et cetera. And the opinion itself says that nothing in the opinion mm-hmm. extends to any right, right. any right other than abortion. Well, There's also let me come back though. Let me come back to the 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 abortion question though for a minute because another. Uh, what if that's been floated is what if a state wanted to or tried to um, interfere with a woman traveling? Um, do, you, do you think that I, I don't know that any have done that, but do you think they could? I don't think they could do so legally. I think we all have a constitutional right to travel within the United States to cross state borders to engage in commerce. And I don't think a state could enforce some type of a penalty against someone who traveled out of state to receive an abortion or any other medical I mean, to my knowledge, states didn't penalize people who were traveling to uh, legal marijuana states or people didn't get penalized by their home state if they went to Reno to get a Reno divorce back in the day. Um, What about the idea that states could interfere with the obtaining of or the prescribing of uh, things like the Plan B pill. Do do you think the states can can get in the way of a person um, taking those or obtaining those those drugs, which medically induce an abortion? Okay, that's going to be a little bit tougher of a question because the uh, the drugs have been approved by the federal government. They're available um, by prescription. They're available in the mail, and so I think that 
it does not appear at the present time that the state is going to try to stop the, uh, the, the transmitting of those medications into the state. But, yeah, that's going to be a tough and interesting question if any state does try to stop that. I mean, to, to me, if you really strip away the emotion for a minute, these states are making laws regulating their medical providers, right? So it, it isn't about anything else. It isn't about what you do at home. It isn't about what you do uh, when you travel. It, it, this is, this is, these are prohibitions for, for doctors and medical professionals practicing in your state, period, right? That's correct. And your examples are good examples you gave of people being free to travel to other parts of the country, uh, gambling being one of them, uh, use of medical marijuana where it was lawful or recreational marijuana. Yeah, those those laws have not been uh, people aren't being prosecuted for going out of state to do something legal that's in another state just because they happen to reside in the state where that's been banned. What would be the recourse of a Texas or, or a state where the federal government might try to set up abortion providing facilities on federal land? Could, could, they, could, the, could the federal government do that? And does the state have any say if the federal land is within the state? Okay, that's, a, that's another one of the really tough and unanswered questions. It seems unlikely that's going to happen, but at least theoretically there are some federal lands, like, for example, uh, Indian tribes that are federally recognized and have some rights of sovereignty. Uh, and you cannot just in general enforce state criminal laws without the consent of the governing tribe. So the, in, instead of state parks, national parks, which people are talking about, I don't think we're going to see abortion clinics set up in Yellowstone. But I think it's not beyond the realm of discussion that some Indian tribe might be interested in working out some kind of an agreement with the federal government to provide abortions on Indian land. That's going to be a tougher question. Mm -hmm. Do you, and this is a little less of a legal question and maybe a little more of a, of a prognostication question, but um, is it your sense that all these hypotheticals will stay hypothetical? Or do you really think that some of these uh, carve-outs uh, will will happen, in which case we're really at just the beginning of this battle. We're not at the end of anything. I think I think the, the carve-outs aren't going to happen. I don't think there are going to be abortion facilities set up on federal lands. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's going to happen for a number of political reasons that's not going to happen. But there is going to be continuing litigation, discussion, and actually that's what the Dobbs decision entails, transferring mm -hmm. from the unelected federal courts to the people through their elected representatives to work out a lot of these issues, even to the courts and states where the judges are elected. So the the decisions are going to be made at a much more local level now than instead of at a federal constitutional level. But there is no immediate danger to other privacy rights. If you and 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 to kind of sum it up, I mean, if you're taking this into the realm of legislation. That also means that it can be reopened and revisited. Lawmakers are not held by the grip of, of uh, precedent as, as judges and courts are. So if the popular will changes, if, if, if circumstances of some kind change, or they believe it has, or it just becomes more or less popular, um, these laws will, will vary and will change even within that state. Yes, and one thing that legislators can think about doing in their states is to create constitutional amendments because it's typically harder to amend a state constitution than just to enact simple legislation. And so that might be a route 
that some states might take. But yeah, it's going to be a political discussion going forward, just like whether we have a death penalty in a particular state, whether we have yeah. legalized recreational drugs, whether we have a speed limit of 55 or 70. These are all political decisions now that have been returned to the people of the United States. Bill Pyatt, professor of constitutional law, St. Mary's University School of Law. Professor, thank you tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you. Celebrating 100 years of service. 55 KTSA. Thirty-seven on KTSa. Come Friday, we'll be talking restaurants on the dish in our six o'clock hour. We'll kick off the weekend with the dish after six. Kind of feels like Friday right now because Brown is calling me, and I'm usually used to Brown. I'm usually used to you calling me on Friday, so you got me all confused now. <laughs> you know, You'll have I, to call I, I, again I, I, on Friday, or it just won't feel right. I, I actually did eat at a restaurant that I'm going to call you about tomorrow. So awesome. <laughs> You know, I just wanted to say something about the abortion stuff. You know, I mean, everybody looks at this, and I don't know how everybody looks at it, but, I mean, the, the point is is that it's being thrown down like a blanket that covers everybody that's a male or a female. You know, unfortunately, this is another one of those hot-button topics that they throw out around election time so people can actually destroy the rest of their world because they just feel like they need to vote on only one topic, you know. But, you know, I, I'd like to just put this out there. You know, if if... if if it is a woman's choice, um, I don't know why the battle is being fought there and not at the level of an 18 to a 30-year-old woman who would like to have her tubes tied and she can't. Uh, that, that seems to me to be a better battle for the woman's body choice. But, you know, when, you, when you, you hit it on the head earlier about this hookup culture and the family values being kind of thrown out the window, I think that really uh, kind of is the entire problem that we have is that people aren't looking at family anymore. They're looking at themselves. And, you know, as a father of four, um, you know, I don't really care what another person does with their body. I think they have to answer for that at the end of their life, uh, judgment, you know, and all that. But, you know, I don't want the government to pay for it. I don't want people to, to use it as an excuse to not have to be responsible for their actions. And, and I, I know that there's no – I can't imagine a single woman out there that would ever make that decision would do it lightly. So, I mean, I hope that people understand that this is a really difficult thing for people to find themselves in. But at the same time, I mean, I would really hope that we would understand that we're being manipulated again by the politicians. Well, I I mean, yeah, you're right about that. But, but, you know, you're right, too, that we can't – there's nothing you can say that is true of every woman or every situation, right? I mean, every generalization has holes in it. But I have noticed, Brown, there are young women on social media, um, one that I looked at on TikTok who has 455,000 views, and she's talking about how this has made her rethink random sex. So it it actually is having the maybe unintended effect uh, of, of working against the the hookup culture or that mentality because apparently to her at least what i'm getting from her comment is that the availability of abortion was 
one of the things that was steering or guiding her choices, and she's going to make different choices if she doesn't think that's available. And that's a conversation well, I don't hear very many people having, but that's that's pretty yeah. significant. And I think so, but I think that really goes to her character being more mature about what decisions are, seeing that something's taken away. See, if you tell me I can't go to Russia, and I've never wanted to go there, and you tell me I can't go, I'm going to want to go. And right. I think that has an effect on some of these women as well. They've never thought yeah, about I think you're right. abortion, but now that they can't, oh, my God, right. this is something right. that is taken away from my rights. Right. You know, Even though they might never have, logical. they might never have done it. Yeah, and that's right. a great point. I, I hear that too. I hear it too, and and it really yeah. disturbs me that I, I have a fifteen arm, and you know we talk about person things that, that that you know that are that are difficult afterwards. You know, having STDs, some of them can be getting you know getting rid of with penicillin, but a child is something that you have responsibility right. to from 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 conception to you know the end of your life. And, you know, I try to make that a point, but I think that really comes because we are a family. And I really think that's where my mm. morals and my standard comes from, is because I had a father and a mother who told me those things as well. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm glad you did, and I'm glad your daughter has you. Brown, thank you. Good to hear from you, as always, whether, it, whether it's a Friday or not. 